And welcome to another episode of the Woods Water Mizzou Podcast. I'm one of your co-host Skeeter, along with me as always are Case and Cole. How y'all doing? Great. Got it, y'all. Well, fellas, uh, we're going to start it off. I know we're in the middle of a basketball season, but uh, this past week, actually, let's let's go back two weeks ago because we forgot this in last week's short show that we did. Uh, we have an offensive coordinator, Kirby Moore hired from Fresno State to take over the offense. Uh, initial thoughts? I like the hire. I think uh, he ran a really pass-heavy offense in Fresno State, which is what we all thought we were getting when Drink came here. Um, he really built up that QB, and they had like, a great relationship. Uh, I can't recall him in the Fresno State QB. But, uh, no, I like the move. I like Drink not being the call on the plays as well. He can kind of focus on being the CEO of the team. So I'm pretty excited. I like to hire, but I'm kind of a homer. So, you know, I could be looking through everything with black and gold glasses right now. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me that I like is, um, and it could be something that maybe we, I don't know, that ends up not being good. But for now, you know, first look, um, as he's young, uh, I feel like he, he's super relatable to college kids. I think he's like, Case and I's age, right? He's like 31 ish, 32. Yeah, definitely around. I'm not quite, I'm not quite 30 yet. So I'll just put that out there. But anyway, Uh you know what I mean? He's a young guy (laughs) and and relatable to, uh, he's relatable to the, uh, the kids. And it seems like he does a good job with, I don't want to say developing quarterbacks, but, you know, if he's got to be relatable and you got to have a good relationship with your OC. Seems like that may be, um, you know, something that favors him. So that, I mean, his offense is in their blood. His brother, um, you know, is in the position he is now with, with my Cowboys. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens for sure. Do we trust Drinkwitz as going to fully relinquish play calling duties and say, this is yours. Have at it. I'll be on the sideline if you need me. Yeah, I do. I think I do. Um, I think when we brought Drink in, he's young. He's a young guy. He's a young coach. And I think he wanted to call plays. I think that was his plan. And it didn't quite work out that way. And so he had to reevaluate what he wanted to do as a uh, head coach. And I think this is – because they spent decent money on him. And Desiree gave him a good budget to get some coordinators. I think this is him growing, drink, growing up and learning. You know, as well as uh, Cole said about him being or Kirby being young, drinks young too. He makes mistakes. Yeah. You know, he's not a he's. We didn't hire some guy that been coaching the SEC for twenty five years. We hired a. This is his first time in a P five job. Something didn't work, and he found out a way. He's going to try and fix it. Yeah, I, I just hate it. it. Took three years. <laughs> it does. It it sucks, but I think this this season was a big reality check like you know you think first year okay we're in the not only the COVID year but first year head coach he has his first class as a freshman class so essentially I feel like almost every brand new college coach gets you know the freebie year in year one year two you're like okay you know we should see things start trending in the right direction um and then year three you know, we get to this point and we're like, okay, you know, here's where we should be. And there are a ton of different things we've discussed on previous podcasts, the O-line, you know, Brady's injury um, that he played through and all that other crazy stuff. But I do think that um, as weird as it is to say that, you know, a fully grown man is maturing in his job, you know, speaking of Drinkwitz, um, it seems like that's what we saw. Not only a re- reality check, but maturity as a head coach saying, okay. Maybe I got too much on my plate. I need to bring in somebody else to help me out. And he did that with bringing in a young offensive mind. Well, you know, you're talking about maturing on the job. And, you know, it's sounding weird to say for a grown man, but I think we would all agree uh, in our lines of work, like we didn't walk in knowing everything we needed to know. I'm still learning every day on, on my job for the most part. Uh, it may just be a little small tidbits. So, uh, I when when you remove the fandom out of it and look at it as a job, uh, it's very relatable and understandable. So, that's a good point there, Cole. I, I, I like you making that. 
but we also got some big, uh, a lot of pretty busy on the transfer portal there. The coaching staff was, do we want to go through and, and say each one or just, yeah, okay, go ahead. Here's one thing I'll say before that I kind of liked about this is the majority of these guys are other P5 guys, you know. So yep. we did uh Dennis Jackson from Ole Miss wide receiver. We have um uh, Brett LeBlanc from uh he's he's a Juco guy, I think, but he is a long snapper. Um, uh, Marcellus uh Marcellus Johnson from Eastern Michigan. Uh, G5 guy, but was really sought after. I remember it was going down a wire with us in Kentucky. And yep. I'll tell you what, Kentucky is a school that has made some a lot of NFL O-linemen lately. I know the Chiefs have one on there that I've followed, um, but their O-line's been great. The running game's fantastic. Uh, Joe Moore, that's the big one because his dad, he's an alumni. His dad's a Mizzou running back. He's going to fill Trajan Jeffcoat's spot. We got the new punter in uh, Riley Williams. We've got uh, Sidney Williams, the FSU defensive back, and we have uh, Trey Johnson, who is the, from Florida's defensive back. So, uh, yeah, it's my point. I'll let you guys go quick. I just I like there's a lot of P5 guys on it. It looks like we're getting guys that aren't, you know, we're not getting JUCO guys. We're getting guys that have played big-time ball before. Yeah, that's another thing I like, too, is I'm going to second that, is that you're not only seeing um, – the power five, but guys like with experience and that's becoming more and more um, relevant, I guess, and prevalent in these transfers because it seems like almost every program has double digit transfers every year. So it's going to be guys with, you know, first team reps. It's going to be guys with second team reps and it's going to be guys that, you know, are tired of their shining moment being on the practice squad and they're trying to, you know, get out on the field. Um, I really like how, you know, it is those these power five guys. Year one, we saw, and not to bash them, of course, because they chose to come to Missouri, and I'll forever be grateful for that. But um, the uh, Blaze Aldridge, you know, linebacker out of Rice, one that immediately stands out to me. He was probably a dadgum stud at Rice, but at the SEC level, A, he's undersized. I remember a ton of people saying that they're like, there's no way that this guy should be a linebacker at the power five sec level and yet there he was you know playing for us at that position um he's just one that sticks out to me right off the bat but yes i remember last year you know when we were starting to land those power five transfers tyron hopper um Jaden jernigan these these are guys that uh realist george these are guys that have played d1 p5 ball um and that experience almost directly translates so Makes me really, really happy to see that we're continuing that trend. Uh, we also got a preferred walk-on uh, quarterback announced tonight from uh, Case. What'd you say the the school is a JUCO Community College? Yeah, JUCO and the Jayhawk Conference, which is oh, one right. of the uh, it's one of the biggest. Um, JUCO conferences and teams in the country. They have back-to-back, uh, not this year, but the three years they were back-to-back uh, national champs down there. You know, a lot of good talent comes out of Hutchinson. So he played for he played for a big-time program in the JUCO level. What was the What was the show on Netflix with the uh, Yeah, with the coaches the, and the co- uh, Last Chance U. Yes, Last Chance U, yeah. So he coached it like – the reason that was kind of interesting was Independence Community College is like the worst school in that conference. Like this is the SEC of JUCO. Yeah, and that would be like the Vanderbilt of the JUCO, okay. right? So um, that's why that show was kind of interesting. No, Hutchinson is an absolute monster, though. They've been a monster since I was in high school, and I had buddies go play out there trying to catch SEC offers. Um, but yeah, that's, it's a big time school he went to, and he's a big guy. He's six five, two hundred pounds. I saw that man. I was like, that's that's yeah. good to see that. Like he is, you know, he already has size. You would assume that. He comes into a program, not saying, you know, not even going to start the rumor mill that, oh, you know, watch out this, whoever it is, is going to come in and start, you know, competing yeah. for first team reps. But it's just good to see that, you know, um, he's already got size. I would assume he probably puts on 10, 15 pounds. So. Hell, yeah. I was going to say, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, you know, with, with Brady's shoulder injury, he's out for spring ball. Uh, you know, Tyler Macon transferred out. And so, 
we needed to bring in more arms just for spring ball, you know, to for for reps and yeah, so you're not sitting there, there yeah. burning up. Yeah, so you're not you're not burning up Horn or, or Tommy Locke's arm uh, with him being the only two quarterbacks that would be healthy there. So yeah, uh, part of me wonder. Go ahead. I was going to say, part of me wondered, you know, going into this offseason with we knew Macon was transferred, we knew Abraham had finally, finally um, used all of his college eligibility. So he wasn't coming back. So we had two, you know, open scholarships, Jabari taking one. So part of me wondered, okay, are they going to bring Tommy Locke off of walk on to scholarship status or, you know, are they going to hit the portal? Um, now, I would imagine that spring ball and maybe fall camp, um, gets you know whoever whoever wins that battle between the new um the new commit and you know maybe tommy Locke, maybe that's who's going to get the new scholarship but with us bringing someone in i don't uh, is it a committable offer or is it a walk-on offer it's a walk-on offer it's a preferred walk-on so yeah he's definitely going to be fighting in there he's going to like like tommy Locke. he's going to be fighting in there for a a full-time spot Uh, but i think what skeeter says right this is this is definitely a guy who Saw an opportunity. Was probably told, "Hey, we can't give you a scholarship right now, but there's an opportunity with only one scholarship QB going into spring. And if you show out, you can be on this team. You know what I mean? So I don't think this is a guy that we're probably going to see start now. I don't think Cody Schrader is supposed to be a starter either, and he ended up taking the majority of our handoffs yeah. this year. Yeah. Um, so never. Also, don't never. be surprised. I was going to say, don't be surprised if you hear other quarterbacks' name in the transfer portal. Uh, visiting Mizzou still because uh, with Kirby Moore not having ties to Brady Cook, uh, he might have a, a QB that he thinks would fit his style better than what we have or, or bring in more for competition. So uh, iron sharpens irons, the old saying, and I'm all for it. Uh, yeah, I, I, heard I, I would love the problem of having too many good quarterbacks on the roster. I heard a uh, an interesting thing today. Um, I was out running some errands and was listening to the local radio station, KTGR. Um, and they were discussing, you know, the whole quarterback thing. They were kind of previewing and wrapping up um, this initial transfer portal window. And one of the guys had a great point. He was talking about how, you know, we're, we're going to see after spring ball, we're going to see another wave of, you know, people hitting the transfer portal. By no means is this thing, you know, Done. wrapped up. Um, but he brought up a great point that, you know, if, if Mizzou does pursue someone and tries to put them on scholarship, it says one of two things, a, that either, you know, Sam Horn, Tommy Locke, whoever is taking these first team reps, um, in the spring, isn't going to live up to the hype and you're in a, you know, break glass and kind of, or break glass in case of emergency kind of scenario. You know what I mean? So if it, if you see Missouri trying to scramble and, oh my gosh, we need to try and find a quarterback because who we got right now isn't, isn't going to work. And Brady's, you know, not recovering on time or whatever, that may just be one thing to look for. Um, but also, you know, if you don't see that happen and you also do see some of these quarterbacks hitting the portal, you know, to be cautious with that because, you know, that may mean that whatever program they're at, you know, they may not be fit to start. So, you know, you, you really don't want, I'm not trying to use this term. You don't want somebody seconds, you know what I mean? And, and not saying that in a bad way, but you know, if someone can't make the cut at uh, a, a program that's level to ours, um, you know, it's, he's got to be cautious, I guess is what I'm saying. Hey, but, but keep in mind, I would gladly take a Stetson Bennett story uh, at Mizzou. Well, yeah. so, I mean, <laughs> uh, it ain't it ain't always uh, bad for a kid to go through that. They might find something in them that yeah they they hadn't ever discovered before. So yeah, we need to find uh, some Brock. We need to find some Brock Osweiler. Remember him? He was like twenty nine no. in college, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we need. Yeah, and he was like six. Uh, I'm sure we could talk football and, and transfer portal all night. I mean, uh, but we are in the middle of basketball season. Uh, first shout out real quick to wrestling. They dominated again. Uh, Air Force, what they did to them, like, man, it showed a little bit of respect to the servicemen. 
<laughs> you know, like, gosh dang i think we only lost one one match in the meet uh and then the next night i believe it was idaho or whatever but uh two two road victories uh for that and they're they're still rolling and uh they've battled some key injuries with some key wrestlers here and and still winning as a team so uh that's something definitely keep an eye on as we're getting closer and closer to nationals but uh, recapping the past week in basketball, uh, last Wednesday we went to Texas A&M, and my opinion of that ball game is Texas A&M did to us what we did to Illinois and Kentucky. They took us out of our game, controlled the tempo of the game. We couldn't make an open shot for our life. We had some poor shot selection in some possessions, and we just never really felt like we got in our groove. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Uh, I think what I said in the, the little preview show was if they get us out of our game, which they can do, it's going to be a rough night for us. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. It was it was rough. A&M was the more rough of the two, for sure. Um, even though there were slight, slight chances of hope, you know, going a five to seven point run you're like okay you know now now we got something going and then man they just you know clamp down on us or get us in that half court set or um fouls man fouls good lord i i don't know if either game really had a true a true stretch you know what i mean two two and a half three minute stretch where you know, the whistle wasn't blown for something. And I'm sure some of them were, you know, justified fouls. But let's be honest, like a lot of times in college basketball, there are a lot of little ticky-tacky fouls that get called. And it's just, it's very difficult, especially on the road, for a team to to overcome that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we saw that in both games. In fact, Dennis, uh, he commented by not commenting on it. Uh, last game, uh, they asked him about it, and he said, "You said he wasn't happy with the uh, officiator." He said something kind of vague about like, like that. Uh, so no, I I hate to be that sounds like such a you know Homer know, we can't do anything wrongs take. But when our coach, who is the most mild mannered man I've ever seen in the world as a head coach, has to you know allude to it in a press conference, it kind of makes you say something. Makes you think you know something was kind of out of balance there. Well then. Saturday they come out in Gainesville and the opening what five first five minutes of the game they start off 11 0 run yeah yeah and you're thinking all right we're we're back to this team's Mizzou style of basketball and we're gonna be all right and Florida they just once they got their big guy going there was nothing we could do to stop them it felt like Mm mm-hmm Yep, that uh, guy was kind of the guy you had to circle and stop, kind of like we did uh, Oscar from Kentucky, and we did not do that. And, and, and it wasn't a rebounding battle this time. It was just they got their offense going through him, and if we left him one-on-one down low, well, then he would just make his move and uh, complete his basket or, or get a foul, as Cole uh, talked about. Or if we sent help down – he was really good at finding the open guy and kicking the ball out, and they made a good percentage of those shots. Yeah. Uh, the, so I'm just looking at I'm looking at the stats. So for Florida, whew, mercy, we shot 16.7 percent from three, um, three of 18, and fouls we had 20, 20 fouls to their 12. Uh, Florida shot. 43% from three. So that's tough, man. Like, yeah. that, <laughs> when they're shooting 30% better from three-point line than we are, that's tough to overcome. Um, and the blowout loss at AM, I mean, to use that word um, like that, but an 18-point loss, that's a blowout loss. Uh, 29 fouls for us to their 18. So... And then we shot uh, 22% from three to their 43. So that's been the trend, though, this season. We've seen teams shoot really, really well 
for the three point um, against us. I'd like to know what I need to go into like some advanced metrics to see what teams are shooting three point wise against us. But I know it's I know it's not good. No perimeter D is definitely something that needs to be addressed in this team. It is, uh, and in the A and M game, uh, Hodge fouled out right. So yes, I mean, there's, yes, our, yeah. there's our best shooter that fouls out in that game. So, and then uh, I, I got a question for you guys. We in the past two games, three games maybe, uh, we've seen um, Diara get more yeah. get more minutes. What do you, uh, what do y'all think? So, what? I think ahead, I guys. think he's a oh he's a he's a project for sure, and. It seems like he'll do two things bad, and I'll get real set wise in the court, and then he'll make one big rebound or one big basket. So I think he's raw. I think we need to treat him almost like a freshman. That he is very raw, and then we need to build on what we have in him because I think he can be a player in this conference. I don't think that he's like a, a wasted spot or anything, but I don't think he's SEC ball ready yet. No. Well, his his minutes Saturday, I believe, was because Noah was sick, right? Was uh, no play. It was it was it was Shaw that didn't play at all. Or Shaw, yeah, Aiden Shaw. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, and so he had to fill those minutes that that Aiden left. I was I was surprised on the A. I think the A and M game was more uh, personnel matchup uh, because we were we were trying to play with more length at times to try to slow them down. It seemed like and. It, for spurts, it seemed to work, but uh, offensively, we just with with our bigger guys on the court at the same time, we our offense was very stagnant. Uh, so it wasn't a very good trade off. I didn't feel like, and um, you got to give Coach Gates and the staff credit because I felt like they were trying everything that they could with personnel matchups and subbing guys in and out to get momentum going and find something that works. Uh, so you like no, to I, see a, a coach trying. I agree. And I think it's a good point. What you said that is it's not, I haven't lost faith in coach Gates in any of this. I've just started to realize that Gates is realizing the limitations of his roster. Yeah. I think he knows what he has. I think he found a, a combo that worked, but I think that combo, since it's really the, the only play he had is kind of um, got to figure it out a little bit. You know what I mean? And well, most coaches got three or four more guys that can go to rotate in. And if Mosley comes back, it might change a lot of stuff on that. But I th- yeah. think that's uh, kind of what's happening here. Well, man, part of me, part of me wished that we could have seen Gates and company just take Diara and just absolutely glue him to Castleton and say, you know, we don't we don't care if you foul out. He just yeah. don't let him grab a board and don't let him score. And if you got to put him at the line, you know, five straight times in order to, you know, try and stop that or you know what I mean, within good reason. But it would have been nice to see um, you know, maybe that from from the staff, but I don't know, maybe it just went in the cards that night. I I kind of get a vibe right now. Uh with the way we've kind of went on a stretch here, what losing three out of the last four, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is it not reminding y'all of the Kelly Bryant football year? Like start off with a disappointment and you get hot and we get ranked and we're starting to feel good about ourselves. And then there it went, <laughs> you know, but the, the good thing is it's a whole lot longer than a 12 game season for basketball. There's still plenty of time. Uh, and I, I still believe this team has the capability to get to the NCAA tournament. And who knows, once you get there, what what's able to happen because we've been the high seed and been knocked off, and we've seen low seeds go on runs. So just get the shows, all all, all you got to do, and, and go from there. But uh, the ranking was fun while it lasted. I don't think we'll be ranked again for a while. Uh, I don't know. This week could do, even if we go one and one this week, um, I think that could be huge, not only for the program, but just for, you know, to get the team back right. Um, Two home games and then 
let's see, the next time we do that on our schedule would be at Tennessee at Auburn, which is another tough stretch. Um, but, you know, we just lost to A&M and Florida. We play A&M again at home. Um, we get Arkansas, you know, this week. Uh, we don't, unfortunately, get to play Florida again. But um, Georgia, LSU twice, which LSU's been weird, man. It's just, I mean, it's basketball. So I don't, you know, in no way, shape, or form am I riding off season. Like, oh, my gosh, you know. We'll be lucky yeah. to win two more games from here on out. But, yeah, yeah there's, there's still – this team has definitely showed some some bright spots. I just think they've got a little bit to figure out right now, and hopefully this home stand can get us back right. Well, we we did have uh, we talked about this in the pre-show, and then we haven't haven't been able to bring it up. But uh, the recruiting news we landed the huge JUCO uh, commitment from Kurt Lewis. Uh, He's he's a guard, I believe, like six six. I think if I remember looking at his stats right, I haven't don't have pulled up in front of me right now. But uh, everything I've read about him, there's there's a lot of hype, and it seems like a really good get for the basketball program. Y'all have any thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. I really like this get. Um, Hodge is gonna. This is Hodge Lashville's ability, correct? So he'll be gone right after this. Yeah. So he's gonna fit in his spot almost immediately. Um. He's shooting – now, this probably is no way this is obtainable in the D1 level. He's shooting 50% from three-point right now this season. You know, you, you want to see someone have overpowered stats in, uh, in Juco, and that that is what that is. Also, there are some highlights of this guy, and he is just yamming on dudes. So, looks like he's got great finishing at the rim presence. Um, I like this. For Juco kid, I, I couldn't be much more – like I can't be more excited this. I think he's a, a ready-to-go product, you know? Diara, yeah. we got a JUCO, but I think he needs a little more uh, touch up. But I think this guy might be a, you know, in the lineup uh, game one. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, I have, I have some interesting stuff for him. So if you Google his name and you go to the uh, one of his former schools, Eastern Kentucky uh, University, and you kind of go through his stats and his bio, and you get down to the bottom, and hey, anybody on the football staffs listening to this? Might need to give this young man a shot because apparently, if you ask him if he has any hidden talents, it's one of the questions on this. He can apparently throw a football eighty yards. So hey, hey, just throwing that out there. All right, all right. <laughs> so I'm willing man, to bet Sam Warren could probably throw pretty close to eighty yards. Uh, I would, yeah, I would think so. Yeah, I would definitely think so. But yeah, he um, looks like a looks like an athletic kid for sure. Um, from Louisville, Kentucky, and. Uh, it seems like a good get. So I'll I saw it. a lot of uh, Louisville card fans upset he didn't he didn't go there. Not understand why he didn't go. That place is an absolute turmoil oh, right now. Terrible. Yeah. But uh, I saw a lot of you like seeing the hometown fans upset he didn't go to that school. Right. It makes you feel good. Mm. So uh, that's always a good sign, in my opinion. But I just wanted to read a couple of these headlines to y'all. I'm not really clicking on the articles and and going off on them, but just kind of. A little bit of local or national uh, writers, what what they're saying, like uh, on SB Nation, the verdict is Mizzou men's basketball starting to feel the strain from its style. Uh, St. Louis post-dispatch, Mizzou basketball needs, quote, kitchen sink, unquote, defense to revive Tigers winning ways. Uh Missouri Tigers look to gain revenge and regain shooting touch against Arkansas. That's from the Kansas City Star. So, uh, I mean, do, do we feel a strain from our style? I mean, it, you have bad shooting nights, and sometimes players get in slumps. And when Demoy Hodge gets in a slump, it's it's going to affect this offense as as vital as he was when we were putting eighty plus up a night. Yeah, I don't know if it's a strain. I mean, maybe this. I, I think it's back to what I said a minute ago. I think it's just lack of personnel. Uh, I yeah. think Mosley Mosley could be a big thing for us to turn that around. You know, I saw a hint on Instagram today. He's coming back soon, and if that's true, that's huge for us because we need another shot, another shot creator, another score. Kobe can't do it all himself. When he does, we blow out Kentucky. We blow out Illinois. You know, yeah. But we've seen that that's not doable every night. And Hodge. 
can't reliably do it every night as well. So a third option in there, I think, would just help out a ton. Well, I mean, with with those headlines asking, what what would you classify our style? Are we are we the you know Mike Anderson fastest forty minutes running gun? Um, is it you know trying to harass you on defense? Like, I, I would before I even answer that, I would ask what what is our style even classified as? We're we're what seventeen games into year one. Yeah, I th- like, I think they're referring to our fast paced offense. Okay. Yeah, I think I they're saying that r- running the ball so much has, has worn us out already in the season. I think we're trying to get at. I don't think so, man. That's... I don't either. I just think the combination of players isn't there yet. Yeah, the combination of players, and I mean, if teams can say, "Okay, hey, these guys like to run. They are really good at scoring in transition." Um, if we get them in a half court set and can you know wind down the shot clock every single time, that's not lucrative for Mizzou. Then yeah, I mean. That's that's good coaching. So yeah. now, can you coach? Uh, can you coach through a bad shooting night? No, most coaches can't. Um, and I think majority that's kind of what we saw these past two nights. Not only a bad shooting night, um, but you know, teams getting in a half court set. Um, yeah. But like we mentioned with the foul thing earlier, in transition, in transition basketball comes fouls. So. That just that happens. It's part of the game, right? I I do want to commend us because we don't have any players that they're putting lines out like this. I don't know if y'all have saw it. Uh, I'll probably retweet it from the podcast account, but uh, it says no context, Grady Dick. So it's Grady Dick at a microphone with player on each side of him, and it says finding the mismatches when we can. And when we can, kind of suck in the D. <laughs> and the, the players put their heads down and shake like they're trying to hide their laughs. So we don't have any players putting anything on the hot mic like that. So uh, screw you, Kansas. You lost tonight. <laughs> and I'm enjoying that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even I don't even know what to say to that. I really don't. That's fantastic. <laughs> I was I was scrolling Twitter as I was talking here just to make sure of anything I needed to bring up or any like news. And that was something that popped up and I just thought y'all might get a chuckle out of it. Good heavens. <laughs> That's oh, awesome. Well, Let's go. We're going into previewing this week. First, we want to do our first ad read. Uh, here, since we are part of the Vars or Variety Sports Network now, uh, one of our listed sponsors is SeatGeek, and with code VSN, as in Variety Sports Network, you get twenty dollars off your first purchase at SeatGeek. And just looking online for this uh, Saturday or tomorrow's game against Arkansas is starting at eleven dollars. Uh, so. Enter in that code VSN on there, and you can get them cheaper than that. I was gonna say, by the time you take out them fees and stuff like that, you might you might just walk out with a free ticket. Yeah. So uh, appreciate Variety Sports Networks and that our way to pass along to our listeners. If you're wanting to go to the game tomorrow night, uh, I believe it's an eight o'clock tip off, right? Yes. Yep. It's a late uh, one, man. Cold. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be drinking a Red Bull walking up, uh, walking up the hill to Missouri Arena or something like that, man. At eight o'clock, that's that'd be a late ball game. And you were just bragging about not being quite thirty, and here you are now saying you need energy drink to watch a basketball game. <laughs> well, I, no, I'm hoping, I'm hoping with the atmosphere, I won't need it. I'm, uh, I'm excited. We'll get to see. I'm gonna link up with our boy Noah. Um, be rocking the NC35 merch there, so. Uh, yeah, if anybody that listens to us is going to the game, uh, shoot me a DM on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. Or I'm not going to get my phone number out on here, but if you got my number, shoot me a text, and we'll, uh, we'll link up for sure. If you want his phone number, DM me, and I'll send it to you. Now. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> but two weeks ago, we were in Fayetteville. Uh, lost by four points, if memory serves me right. Uh, we kind of like Florida – but it was it was way more than eleven points. We were up pretty big on them. What was it like? 
25 to eight or something like that at one point. Uh, and then they just slowly started counter punching us back until they got the lead. And then we just kept it close enough. Never, never could pull back and get the lead back from them. But, uh, hoping coming back home cures a lot of the woes we've had this past week. And I mean, we're not ranked now. Arkansas is ranked. That's usually a good formula for us this this season. Uh, what what are you are y'all expecting or hoping to see tomorrow night? Um, I mean, Arkansas is at the they're at the gatekeeper spot for the ranking. They're twenty five, right? Yeah, uh, they've had they've had a rough go as well. Um, yes, their last their last few games. If I remember, they they lost Vandy, uh, lost at Auburn. So at Vandy, at Auburn, um, yeah. Hopefully those and Alabama games, at home before that. Yep, Alabama at home. Um, so I'm hoping the staff kind of watched that film and and saw something that they can you know take away from that and implement um, in our home environment tomorrow night. Um, that should be it, it's going to be good for it. Yeah, I'm excited to see how a rebound. Um, if you recall, we played pretty well that first half in the Arkansas game at Bud Walton, and then we kind of fell apart, and then we regained it. If you want, you know, look at that. I'm excited to see can we get shooting again. Also, do we just shoot better at at Mizzou Arena? You know, we played really well at Mizzou Arena this year, and we struggled on the road. So I guess I'm interested to see is that transfer over? Is that going to be a thing going forward? Um, also, the bounce back. Um, those two losses kind of hurt. It dropped us out of the ranking. Our net dropped like 25 spots. It was yeah. it's an outrageous drop. So we, we need to get uh, we need to get back in a win. We need to at least go one on one this week uh, because it's not getting easier in SEC. And the the expectations have rose from when the season started, and we now expect an NCAA tournament berth. And I think you got to win this one to make that happen. Trey Gomillion, I saw a quick clip of him earlier today. I don't know if y'all saw it, but he said they've already reset their their mentality and they're ready. And uh, I believe the words that I saw quoted were, uh, we're done being the hunted and now we're going to start being the hunter. And us being the Woods, Water, Mizzou podcast, I thought maybe that was a little inspiration Noah gave you the team. That's that's how I'm gonna spin it at least. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> there you go. But you know what? So, I believe that. That's that doesn't sound like some uh, you know, PR talk. I, I honestly yeah. believe what I've seen out of this team, what I've seen out of Coach Gates, that actually is a conversation that happened with the team. Yeah. Man, Vandy's hanging with uh kind of a live score update. Vandy's hanging with Alabama right now. Alabama's up by eight, sixty eight sixty. Vandy's a good team. I don't care what anyone says that win. Are. It, on Saturday morning was a good win. I don't care what anyone says. I yeah. said it then. I got kind of laughed at, and I think people are starting to go around on that now. They've been playing some good well, basketball lately. Alabama is our second game of the week, uh, Saturday, uh, in Columbia again. I don't have the time in front of me. It's going to be 5 uh, p.m. I got a ticket today for that game. Okay. You going? Uh, I'm going. I use our friends at SeatGeek. I'm going to the game. Hey, there you go. So you're gonna be streaming your uh, your Chiefs during the game too? Uh, you, I'm gonna to say something. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get burned for this if we lose. <laughs> I am very confident we will we will beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, uh, mercy! Here we go. <laughs> I'm pretty confident. If we don't, I'll, I don't know. Um, get flamed at Case IH Red Zones where you can flame him. Flame him. I don't care <laughs> for sure. Do y'all? How much effect of the bench player with Alabama getting the capital murder charges going to jail this over the weekend. How much effect is that going to have on the about Alabama team? Is that why Vandy's keeping it close right now? Is that going to trickle down to us Saturday? Uh, Man, that's, a, that's a really good question. And I don't know. They were up big on Vandy earlier and it came back, but also I just, I think Vandy's a good team. We saw that you can get a run on them and they will get it back really quick. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, it, to me, it doesn't seem to be affecting them a ton, but, uh, cause he wasn't on the team, right? Like he was out. He had an injury to ankle at the time. I saw where 
he was going to be done for the year with an ankle injury, and his last time he played was December 4th, I think, was the date. Uh, okay. So not a big contributor, but I'm sure there's there's got to be some type of an effect because you would think that there's a, a brotherhood on the team, a, a, you know, a lot of bonding that they do in the offseason workouts and stuff. Uh, and who knows, maybe – well, I don't even want to speculate, so I'm, I'm not going to go where my mind just went there. But, uh, I mean, surely I, w- I would think that that would affect college-age kids when their teammates uh, in jail for capital murder. Uh, so, who knows? Maybe it can galvanize them and bring them closer and they become a tighter group and more focused on the games. Uh, and that's their spot that they can – take the world out of their mind and just play basketball, which is something I obviously love to do. Uh, so it, it could help them or it could hurt them. I guess we'll find out Saturday, huh? Yeah. Cole, did we, you have anything you want to add to the basketball portion of this? No, no, man. I mean, that, that Alabama thing's just, it's wild. I mean, yeah. regardless of what level of, sports it's at even just in real life it's just wild um you know there's just a ton of outside noise you know coming in from from all directions on on that program i mean i can only imagine what those what that team's trying to go through and just focus you know what i mean and still have to travel on the road and and go play a basketball game and and all that stuff but i'd imagine there's some sort of you know investigation going on not with the team per se, but just in general. So there's just a lot of outside noise into, I'll be really interested to see how, how they handle it. You know, it seems like they're handling it. Okay. Right now with Vandy, but um, you know, just a lot of outside noise that that coaching staff and those players have to deal with right now. I did see a deal where Nate Oates reached out to Ray Lewis for advice. In this situation, it's yeah, I, I don't know if Ray Lewis is the one I'd want to talk to, but uh, I'm sure his words could help motivate a team because he he does seem to be a good motivational speaker. But that's just a a, a touchy topic with Ray Lewis. Uh, but transitioning to the last segment here, we are the Woods Water uh, Mizzou. Uh, I'll I'll hit my outdoor section real quick here, uh, man. This this past week I called you, Cole, when I left the woods Saturday uh, or Sunday. The bucks started rubbing the trees pretty hard this past week. You know, on this section of woods I'm hunting, a deer movement during the day was non-existent. Didn't see them when I was driving down the road. You know, out in fields, on uh, eating on the corner of the woods, nothing. So. Uh, just not, not a good movement weekend for me, but, uh, I do want to shout out my nine-year-old nephew in Louisiana, uh, did take his first doe this past weekend. So congratulations, James on that. And, uh, I think he's got one more deer than his dad has this year. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, that's, uh, um, I wish I knew a little bit more. Part of me wish I could just, you know, pack up and come down there and hunt with you and find out what they're doing down there. But I think I told you on the phone that part of me wonders if, you know, the rut's, you know, done down there and that these bucks are starting to bachelor back up and, and establish that pecking order for their, uh, you know, for their winter, uh, wintertime herds, I guess, you know, in and amongst those bucks. But that's interesting. I haven't really, I haven't really been out to hunt. I did a little bit of, uh, I did some squirrel hunting on some public land uh, around here last Wednesday. Um, I was successful, got a couple, cooked them up for lunch before uh, for work on Thursday. Um, but yeah, I didn't really notice, you know, I was so focused on squirrels, I wasn't really paying much attention to deer signs. Saw a little bit, but nothing too crazy. Um, but yeah, that's that's really interesting, the, the amount of sign that those bucks down there are laying down. Yeah. Uh, Case, did you were you able to get out in the woods any? Uh, no, I did not get in the woods at all this weekend. Turns out after the holidays when I worked every single weekend that my uh my family 
wants me around a little bit. So I unfortunately packed it in for the year. Um, I did go out and mess around with my bow a little bit. I think I'll be honest. I've kind of moved into prepping for next season already. Uh, this is my first season. I really, really focused on bow hunting. Um, and I had a couple misses and I just need to practice, 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 practice with my bow. Yeah. And, uh, I didn't do much. I went out, I went out with rifle, I think twice. Um, my in-laws are, uh, big rifle hunters and I go out with them almost more for, um, just like the tradition on opening day of rifle, you know, we, we stay, we camp out the farm, we go, we hunt for the morning then we have breakfast and go hunt another farm. So, uh, you know, if you see something, you shoot it on that one. But other than that, it's not a big time. I, so I spent most of the time in the tree stand with the bow. I mean, I did good things. I saw a lot of deer. I got a lot of deer in front of me. Uh, I just couldn't close the deal. But this is the first time I've really, again, taken it seriously. So uh, ex- some exciting things. I'll put us on the podcast because anyone wants to hit me up on this. Um, Harrisonville, Missouri has got a, does a really cool indoor 3D range. They set it up about once a month. Um I love to contact them and see if like they can, you know, get something together for us out there. But uh, I'm definitely hitting that up and trying to get some live practice there and then just hitting the bag as much as possible. So that's, that's my, for the woods uh, this week is we're, I've got a year now or got a little less than a year, I guess, but we're going to, we're going to get really good at the bow before uh, next September rolls around. Man. One thing I did with, uh, with my, just my practice leading into this season um, so the summer of 2022, spring and summer, um, I took my daughter to Bass Pro and we went up there and got her a little youth model bow and just, just for her to have something to do with dad, you know what I mean? And she absolutely loves it. Like there for a while she was keeping, I, I typically keep my bow in the case, uh, under our bed and she was doing the same thing. She like took her bow and arrow and she tucked them up under her bed and things like that. And then, you know, during the spring and summer, every evening we'd go out, we'd shoot, um, you know, 15, 18, 20 arrows, something like that. And then back it in, get ready for bed. But that was just something that, you know, I didn't feel, I didn't feel guilty. You know, it's, it's incorporating family. My wife would come out and sit on the back porch with us while we're shooting. And so that may be something you look into is, is, you know, going to get your daughter a bow and uh, both you'll get out, get out there and shoot. I definitely want to talk that. I I think my daughter might be just a bit too young to pull a bow back yet. Yeah. Um, I thought about you know how you can buy like those cheaper like, uh, like kid not kids like per se but like maybe young adult bows at Walmart for like a hundred bucks or so. Yeah. I thought of buying my wife one of those, and then um, I, I know she she's she's you know loves the you know the product of hunting you know the fresh you know no you know clean meat. But I don't think she has the ability to really pull back and try and, you know, end an animal's life like that. Yeah. Uh, but um, I think she's interested in the bow. She's kind of talked about it every now and then. So I thought about getting her one and then maybe we can practice. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, man. It's it's fun. And I think I got mine from our daughter when she turned three. So, and yeah, she's, it's just about everything she can. It's, I think it, the draw weight's like maybe 10 pounds or something like that. Yeah. But it's just about all she can take to for my daughter to, you know, pull back and boy, she just lets that arrow fly, man. It goes, <laughs> I bet it goes like 15 yards and, you know, skips across the ground and I definitely, <laughs> you know, I hype her up about it when she does it and, you know, yeah, good job and all that good stuff. But yeah, she, she has a good time doing it for sure. Um, I don't, I'm going to try and join y'all. So I guess for my looking forward um, this next week, I'm heading West going to Northern New Mexico around Eagles Pass to uh, go rifle uh, elk cow hunting. Um, I'm really excited about that. It'll be my first elk trip ever. Um, and yeah, hopefully hopefully we're successful. I'm hoping I can join you guys out there for recording, um, but I don't know what service or Wi-Fi or anything like that's going to be like. I may be off the grid for a week, but that's, that's what I'm looking into this next week is – Heading west, going to the mountains. That'd be cool. We'll have some good stories for the show for sure. Hopefully, I'm successful. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Hey, Cole, can you do our buddy Case a, a favor? He talked about his his wife liking the uh, deer meat, and you probably got about fifteen hundred pounds in the deep freeze with your 
hunting season, you think you could drop a pound or two off for them on on your way up to New Mexico? I'll get yeah, I'll get them. Well, hopefully, I'm bringing back some elk meat, and I'm gonna I'm gonna park my truck at his house there in Kansas City, and hopefully, on my way back when I pick my truck up, I'll say, "Hey, thanks for here's a bottle of bourbon and some elk meat." Hey, both be appreciated. That's for sure. <laughs> you don't need you don't need any bourbon though in your life. I really don't. I got plenty in here. Maybe yeah. that's what I'll do. I'll say, tell you what, you give me this bourbon and I'll bring you back some elk meat. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you a bottle for your trip if you need one. But no, man, my my wife's the same way. She loves eating the uh, the venison that we, we just had some last night. Um, we've do it just about every way possible. So it's good. It's a good way to you know no, it save is. some money at the grocery store. It is, and it's. I like the fact that you know it's it's fresh. There's nothing done to it. It's just it is. As clean as you can possibly eat, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fellas, I, I appreciate another week in the books. Uh, don't forget, VSN uh, is your your code to SeatGeek uh, to get $20 off your first order. Uh, that is courtesy with our team-up network of uh, – I, I guess we're on the collegiate side of – Variety Sports Network, correct? I believe yep. so. Uh, and so, appreciate them guys and what they're doing for us. And and also, we should be, hopefully this week, start getting on all other platforms that we have not yet reached, uh, being Amazon, Apple, uh, I think iHeart. He said we'd be on, on the iHeart app. So, uh, hopefully... It helps those that enjoy listening to this or that have not been able to listen to this uh, and continue to grow our audience. Yep, should be good so, for everyone. If you all have anything else you want to throw in there, uh, I guess now's the time. Just nope. thank you as always. Thank you as always for listening. We, yep. we really appreciate it ever since uh, the interview with David and uh, then the episode with Noah. Um we're starting to work out some more uh, either Mizzou legends or uh, hopefully current players of different sports. I'm starting to reach out to some of them um, and, and, you know, getting, getting more of that Mizzou. Um, those people that enjoy the outdoors as well as have a relationship to Mizzou, uh, we're trying to get them on. So be on the lookout for those. Um, I just had a buddy today message me from uh, a local distributor here, American Outdoors Brands. Uh, so Spencer Tagger appreciate you, man. Um, he's got a bunch of connections there within uh, those brands. So it'd be really good to hopefully get some of those guys on here in the near future. Absolutely. Look forward to it. Uh, don't forget tomorrow night. Uh, hopefully we're frying some bacon at Mizzou arena and then Saturday, I guess, whatever the hell you do to a, a rolled tide. Uh, <laughs> as always, M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Go Tigers, y'all take care.